Welcome to the Tech School Podcast powered by DSDT. I am Josh, joined by Carlos. Carlos, it has been quite some time. Happy to be hanging out with you again, my friend. Hi as well. It's been too long. I know. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm like a tree growing out here. Oh, forest. man. <laughs> it's been way too long. How you feeling, Josh? Uh, I'm getting there slowly but surely. Uh, I'll be back to work uh, full time on Monday. Uh, doctor says, take it easy. I'm actually at home doing this right now. That's why I'm in my living room doing the podcast with you instead of uh, at the school. But uh, yeah, taking it, sl- yeah, taking it slowly, but uh, moving in the right direction. Well, I tell you, um, I'm so glad to have you back. I'm, I can't wait to hear some of these topics and these segments. This is a good thing. Yes, um, man. I like I like this format too. I like that we're right, going live with it. Right. So for for this is literally our first time, and we have a lot of content from the mm-hmm. previous season. And I, I guess we could call this like season two. We get to go live and actually engage with not only uh, the student body, but hopefully we'll gather some new friends from this. So yeah, wh- why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about the school and let's talk talk about things tech related um let's bring in james an instructor at dsdt and there are two topics we want to get on early in today's show and the first one james good afternoon to you let's talk about synthetic media also known as deep fakes i mean this is fascinating and a little scary at the same time it totally is um they're basically using um you know, artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence. Usually what you think of is like cybersecurity defense or offense and things like that. But realistically, you're just training computers to do something else with a bigger and more powerful network where they can basically skin you and put whatever face they want on you and mimic you. Um, I think in there they said they had, uh, who was it? The host for like eight minutes. They mm-hmm. just had him on camera for eight minutes. And the next thing you know, now he's their virtual puppet. Bill Whitaker. It was Bill yep. Whitaker. Yep. Um, uh, national correspondent for CBS News did an, out, did an outstanding piece on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he alluded, I, I looked at the story. He alluded to the fact that they can hear his cadence, his voice for five to eight minutes, and then just take that sample and recreate Bill Whitaker as an avatar, if you will. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, I'm hanging out on the beach, relaxing, and using his face, his voice, his delivery, and so on. So I'm trying yeah. to write my script right now for my class, and um, I'm going to build my virtual avatar and then <laughs> be on the beach with you. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. Um, let's, there have to be, there are pros and cons to something like this. Let's uh, let's start on a positive note and talk about what are the possible pros when you have something to this effect that's being developed because what we're seeing, what we saw in that piece was pretty much an avatar as I mentioned a moment ago, but as we all know, technology will evolve with this simple piece and it will become something even more significant. So what are we looking at as far as a positive point of view to start off before we get into maybe the concern? So maybe a positive point of view is, you know, we send guys off to war and they get pretty beat up sometimes and they come back with some scars and don't really feel um, good about being in a corporate environment where everybody's looking at them. Um, in that kind of uh, situation, they could basically 
re give themselves a uh, brand new look, um, especially where we're all moving in, working from home. A lot of, uh, especially IT, um, not only just IT, but almost everything now, there's so many more uh, remote roles than there ever was before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about what about if I wanted to go see Tupac again? Right. Oh, well, I mean, you're kind of seeing that. You're kind what, of seeing that a little bit. What, you know, Carlos. Although <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, you kind of raise a good point, Carlos, because is that kind of what we're looking at, James? I mean, you could basically be anybody that you could get enough media, and even if it wasn't real video media, you could actually create it. So, I mean, I, you know, you could you can use all the Adobe products you want and basically create it from, you know, pictures and stuff like that. Being able to set up like a real 3D model and then, yeah, basically program an avatar to do whatever you want. Do your bidding. Wow. Wow. I know that as I was watching the piece, they had uh, a lookalike that was an actor so that they, they could get so many similarities to the subject. And the subject was Tom Cruise, right? Mm. And so they did these whole bunch of posts of not the real Tom Cruise, you know? But I mean, visually it, it I mean, look, sound, everything like Tom Cruise. So it made me start thinking like, where has this been? You know, cause I, this was literally this week was the first time that I've ever heard of anything called a, de a deep fake. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, this technology has been out for a long time. It's just been suppressed and used by mostly government and military uh, personnel, really. So, you so, know, so does that mean we, we've possibly it, had presidents visually that we saw and whether it was the media, because I'm asking, I'm asking Josh too now, whether it was in the media or whether it was whatever the pop propaganda that was released, is it possible that we've seen some already deep fakes? Uh, Carlos, I can only recall interviewing real people. <laughs> I, I have never seen anything <laughs> like this in the 15 years in my profession. I have never come across anything like this. I'm just curious because you brought up Tom Cruise. And so I'm thinking about an actor who passed away years ago in a franchise, Fast and Furious, Paul Walker, yep. CGI, um, yep. Fast and Furious 7. He filmed half of the scenes and then the other half were not filmed before his uh, tragic death, before he passed away. And CGI was used for uh, his brothers to stand in and kind of help film, help finish the filming for that movie. The point I'm getting at is, I'm just curious, James, are deepfakes CGI that's evolved even more? Pretty much, because really the difference is with like uh, CGI, you're going in and editing something that's already been filmed, where like with a deepfake, you're actually making something that can um, <clears throat> be used live anytime, and basically I can type in whatever I want, and they'll say whatever I want with uh, mannerisms. That's the other issue with uh, CGI. You're really just editing like video to make it look like something. Um, with this, you can't like copy somebody's mannerisms, the way that they say things, the way that they they look, you know, the way that they smile. Those type of things are being programmed into these deep fakes, which makes them way more intense than what you could give through CGI, um, unless you were basically 
doing the same thing. Like you could do it in CGI, but you would be looking at it and then you would have to be trying to recreate it on the other side where this, you don't even have to do that anymore. So, so are you telling me you could get a better version of all of this? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, look at all the filters that they have for everything, which I mean, I know it's not like a, a total deep fake, but I mean, if you guys have seen like social media posts and people that you know that don't look anything like their post and realistically, mm. all it is is filterization, which is almost the same thing, just on a lesser scale. Wow. How, how is it that this technology and excuse me if you already mentioned it a little bit, but I just want to add a little bit more context to it. How is it that this technology can also capture your mannerisms, me raising my eyebrow or me nodding my head every few seconds as I'm listening to someone? Like, how can it only take a few minutes for technology just to recreate your body language, too? Well, <clears throat> it probably only took a couple of minutes for what they did because they only had him actually talk like a very short time. Now, realistically, if they were going to try to utilize that and create that real model, so that way that uh, he was going to be able to do all kinds of stuff, they probably would have wanted to get more data. They would have wanted to get more recordings in different situations and the way that he moved and other things like that. So, I mean, really, it's kind of one of those things where you get out whatever you put in the more information that you put in and then it's all being processed by you know ai that then can determine what to do with it to make it um, as real as possible okay so J james you say that there is a website for a lot of us i mean we're not privy to this right but you said that there's an actual website that you can go to and see variations of actual images of humans or these deep fakes that have been created it's actually uh it's it's actually um what they call it was uh was it generative adversary networks and they have like two different networks that fight against each other and they're fighting against each other to make the most real person. The website, um, funny enough, actually is this person does not exist. So this person doesn't exist. And every time that you hit uh, <clears throat> or every time I hit refresh, it just brings up another person who doesn't actually exist. Now, when I click down here in the captions, what actually uh, scared me even more than uh, some of well, are you telling us? Are you telling us these are not real people? These, these two are not real people at all. These are two. There was two networks that basically fought against each other to try to create the best, uh, the the best virtual person that looks as much like a real person as possible. Wow! So it's like war games is between crazy. two networks. What's also That's freaky can... is this is from uh, this is from 2019. What can they do now? Right, right. Oh, and by That's the way, guys. By the way, Josh, uh, yes. I don't care how much of a deep fake it is. That is not a woman, I don't think. <laughs> I, I, once I started to look, I said, uh, yeah, that's probably a, a, a gentleman. I'm sure well, the deep fake well, could be better it, than well, that. It, well, it's not either at this point because, I mean, it's, it's not real. Right, right. Wow. Now, this appears to – now, this is a lady, or mm -hmm. is this a – Okay, I can see that being a deep fake. Right. right. That one, okay, yeah. yeah. 
Now the previous three, or it just looks, looks like a like picture. Ash. It looks like a picture like with a it. filter on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that looks That's like crazy. the guy. That looks like yeah. That that looks like a real person. Right. That that is amazing. That that looks like a real person. A very cute little girl. And you have to think too, this more technology just keeps getting better and better. You know, you got 8K cameras, 4K cameras, and they keep up <clears throat> upping the game with, you know, how how visual uh, graphics work is the same way. So, um, you know, it's actually pretty crazy. Uh, for one, that if you think about it, uh, basically two computer networks fought and made this. This was the winner. <laughs> how about that? Okay, yes. so there, there's another story that kind of got mm -hmm. some attention over the last few days, and it's about China. I mean, who would have thunk it, right? So <laughs> it seems uh, you have this uh, software uh, chief from the Pentagon that was, you know, uh, working there for quite some time. All of a sudden, he's, he, I, I guess I could say he's a whistle whistleblower of sorts, mm -hmm. and he's saying that as, a, as it is, China is winning the battle when it comes to AI. I mean, he says it's almost as if the United States can just turn off the lights, leave the room, it's over. It's almost like, alluding to your point, Carlos, it's almost like DC, forget about competing with Marvel. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. out of the game. Yeah. You were never yeah. really in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where you come from with that, but okay. <laughs> well, if you watch Marvel movies, if you watch DC movies, you'll know exactly what I mean. I Basically, yeah. I do. I do. I do. But I still think they're great contenders. No, DC is not. <laughs> good movies. Good, look, enjoyable movies. But Marvel is so far ahead. I mean, they're just, they're in phase seven or eight now, whatever they're in. I mean, they're about to go into X-Men and a whole different universe, if you will. DC is still trying to really figure out the Justice League. Oh, like, wow. We're beyond the adventure. Which one is your favorite? What do you mean, between the two? No, which movie of all the content is your favorite? Out of all the DC and Marvel movies? Yeah, I'm assuming it's a Marvel, but which one? Um, I'm going to say Black Panther. Black Panther's uh, definitely top of the list. And I also like Black Widow. But see, okay, okay, see, that's a loaded question because all the Marvel movies are outstanding. Okay. Not only that, when you watch one Marvel movie, you're actually watching about 12 different Marvel movies, just little key points here. And yep. that's basically what made that uh, that work so well is because it's not just Marvel. It's the Marvel universe. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Fair enough. But getting Fair back enough. to the point of, OK, yes, China, James is apparently winning the battle when it comes to artificial intelligence. What is going on here? Well, what's going on? You have to think about it. They, uh, they, their government controls them, and if their government controls them and controls their tech and controls the company that's controlling the tech, and to be totally honest, China is putting a lot more money into their infrastructure and their things, and they have been for a long time, more than what we are. Even when right. we put together things like an infrastructure package, how much of it is actually infrastructure? I mean, I don't care what your 
politics are. At the end of the day, how much real infrastructure are you getting with these trillions of dollars? Because a lot of it is just one side fighting against the other so they can get the thing that they want and this thing that they want and this thing that they want. And it basically pollutes the whole problem. So when you have uh, China who just dictates, no, this is the way it's going to be. Like uh, they have some of the most advanced quantum networks and quantum computers that there are. Well, they decided to put all that money in and they also have all these different tech companies over there that um, they can make pretty much do what they want uh, versus over here where we have companies that have rights and can basically do what they want to do. Uh, and most of it's all adjusted to the bottom line, not whatever our country wants. Aside from dictatorship, because we will continue to be a democracy. Um, well, not only that, the, the, well, the other thing too is think about where, where are all your computers made at? Where are all the parts made at? Uh, Everything's generally available there in Malaysia and Singapore and everywhere over there. And it's a lot cheaper than it is over here. And we usually end up paying a lot of money to get those things too, wherever they're readily available over there. I read an article where uh, I was like some company in Tennessee was trying to get some, um, some uh, network products uh, that uh, for they were trying to build a, a quantum network and they couldn't even get it because China wouldn't allow them to have it because the only place that they were actually manufactured was in China. So does this mean then when you're taking the toll of the AI and you're talking about the deep fakes, does this possibly mean that and maybe an upcoming election, then some of the hopefuls may not be doing or saying the things that I am going to be ingesting from their political views. I'm just asking questions. I mean, to be honest, think about it. Most people run a smear campaign anyway. What if they're running it the other way, wherever they're acting like the person that they're actually going up against um, and look like they're real and talk like they're real? So are <laughs> you mean, saying we could possibly yeah. have Donald Trump come out and bag Biden? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right? I can see it now. I can see it now, Josh. I can see it now. It would go kind of, kind of something like this. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Yes. So we want to uh, take a quick break for a moment. You know, we got to pay some bills. And at the same time, uh, coming up here in a minute, we're going to have our uh one of the students here at dsdt he's going to be coming up to kind of uh, give us a take on his experience you know uh, how he came to be in the program what he got from the program and where he is now so uh we want to pay pay a quick bill and we'll be right back after after this at a detroit school for digital technology we strive to provide students who are willing to learn new and exciting skill sets with a quality education and cutting-edge film technology to include recording in hd and 4k formats drone videography editing and state-of-the-art color grading our instructors are friendly knowledgeable industry professionals who are willing to teach for more information call us at 313-263-4200 or visit us on the web at dsdt.tech 
right, welcome back to the Tech School Podcast, powered by DSDT. We have now Orlando, a student at DSDT. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, doing well, my friend, doing well. Uh, So give us a little bit of your background on your connection to DSDT to start off. Okay. um, I was in the Marines from 2004 to about 2015, 16, right at the end of the year when I transitioned out. Um, I had no idea about DSDT at the time. I was like every other veteran at the moment, just I'm out, fresh out, don't know what to do, don't know what I want to do. And quite honestly, I was just out and happy to not take orders from anybody. So I actually went to school here in Toledo at Lord's University uh, to go be a teacher. And after a while, um, I just got tired of the classroom environment and I realized I'm not going to make that much money teaching. So I stopped um, and joined an apprenticeship at a local union here. And as I was browsing one day, I saw DSDT and got some information. And here I am. It was about, I'd say it worked out perfectly because the day I actually enrolled my GI Bill benefits and the day I finished the program. So it worked out perfectly that I enrolled when I first did. All right, tell me a little bit more about the program you enrolled in at the school. I'm doing the Tech 6 program, uh, which is a cybersecurity professional. Um, I took the Net Plus program, uh, Net Plus class. Uh, I am currently in the Sec Plus, and next it will be the CISA class. Which okay, so Jose, I think I remember speaking to you early on. Can you kind of explain some of what you were doing prior to the whole uh, DSDT falls into your lap and perhaps becomes one of the better opportunities for you? I, if yeah. I remember correctly, I think you were doing like construction or something. Yes. I was. I was actually, I got tired of the classroom experience um, being that I did the military for so long and I was a little older than some of the students. I just got tired of sitting in there and it just got very hectic, like very overwhelming for me. So I joined a construction trade and I was doing that on and off. Um, Business is very good in the construction industry. And then, you know, we just with the pandemic and everything, money started running out and then people got laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, business always in the construction industry comes and goes. Um, there's always work. Uh, you just got to find it. And so I was doing that construction business and making decent money in my apprenticeship. But, you know, carrying drywall all the time. I already had back issues from the military. Um, it just I looked around. I'm like, there's got to be more than what I'm doing right now. And that's when I saw the DSDT actually on social media. And that's when I decided, you know what, let me just go ahead and take a leap of faith and do it once and for all. So, so how impactful has taken these last, I guess it would be two months now of classes been for you. Do you kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel as you were, as you were headed towards whatever that goal, whatever that dream was? Yes, I do. Um, when I first started, I was sort of in shock, like every other new student might be looking at everything and like, oh, my gosh, what what am I doing? What am I here for? Right. And then it took me a while to get into the uh, 
the routine of things. I, I, I like routine. I love having a set schedule. And then once I got going with the classes, it helped me um, just get better at what I was doing. So, so kind of kind of paint that for us because so one of the things that I always hear is how expedited the classes are. In other words, you know, they get we get so much information and it's thrown to us in a matter of one month. There's no way that I can remember that. I always have a number of students who sign up and the expectation is uh, they're going to be able to take this class. And at the end of it, they'll get placed in a super sensational job. But the fact of the matter is, this is a lot of information you're going to have to learn, whether it be the one month tech two, which is nothing more than an A plus class, tech six, like Jose just taken, or the full film pro program. There's a lot of yeah. information you're going to have to learn in less than a year, often. So can you kind of give us an uh, idea of how that experience was for you? I mean, I get it. You love routine. <laughs> you know, it you was. Routine. But it how was. much of this caseload was, uh, uh, you know, the most difficult parts for you? Um, I, it's, I mean, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's, you know, education. It's always when you're learning something new, it's always difficult. Um, but I actually devote extra time outside of class hours to watch videos on YouTube or just look up different resources that may be available to me. Um, because anybody can take the class to pass, but actually knowing what you're doing and trying, you know, like you said, for that job that they think they're going to get, you know, when they show up, they don't know anything. Well, you know, that doesn't really help you. Um, but I've done it on my own to further understand what I'm doing and try to catch up to others that have been doing this for a lot longer. What are your future goals, Orlando? What are you planning to I do want, with this knowledge that you're learning at DSDT? Well, like, since I was in the military, I still have a secret clearance. Um, and I want to work. For, I mean, it would be very easy for me to work for the DOD. Um, I've had contracts offered for me, but that was the infantry side. Like, you know, and, and I don't, I, I've done infantry work for many years. I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, it gets, it's it just that risk, the time away from your family. Uh, it's not, it's not worth all that pay that they're offering. So if I can stay stateside and work for the DOD, that's, you know, that's, that's even better. Yeah, I mean, what I like ultimately about his story is the fact that he doesn't have to do that anymore. You know, he he just padded the foundation that will allow him to access some of those rooms that he didn't have the opportunity to before. Um, classic case, if you come here to DSDT, we're going to train you. And at the same time, we're going to make sure that the workforce development part of it, you get everything you need to go into those interviews to ace it in hopes that you would get a better opportunity at a career in technology as opposed to where you came from, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and it even makes more sense when you have the secret clearances because we work hand in hand with a number of organizations who are with the DOD and they are always in search of individuals who still have those security clearances. Um, have mm -hmm. you been working with Ivy and Ashley? Yes, Ashley. Yes, I've been in contact with her. Okay, um, right. on and off. So right, we're right, right. so. Well, hey, here's a question we have um, from Paul Johnson. 
can you speak on the advantages of being involved in the courses? I'm assuming that is directly for Orlando. Advantages? Um, pick one. Um, it's there's you know you're getting the knowledge that you need to start a career, start or further your career that you know you may or may not have already. Um, and depending on where you want to go, it can lead to anything, anything. I mean, any you could run a network for a legal firm to going to the top of the food chain, working at the NSA, DOD, uh, pick something. Um, it, it, the, the career is everything that you want to make it out to be. That's what I'm talking about. So, Josh, this is one of those plans. I got to give it to him. I got to give yeah. it to him. You can. <laughs> I gotta give it to him, right? <laughs> you can do it. You know, so many times we, we we sit and we think that our travels are gonna be more difficult than what they really have to be. I think that a lot of times our veterans are showing up at times at times with the wrong things in mind. You know, hey, um, I want to. I want to. Paul has another question. I, I really like this. Like when people are timing in and asking questions is off the cuff. So let's give them our candor as much as we can. Uh, here's another Paul, uh, question from Paul Johnson. How are you supported by the organization? I've heard great things, Orlando. Um, they support you in everything, um, whether it's just the professors asking for help. Um, I know when I came in, I asked, "Hey, what what can I do to not just pass the class, but to actually learn the material uh, to the resources for careers, um, just e enrolling for classes. There's, if you reach out, they reach out promptly. Uh, you have so much support here to get where you want to be. There's almost no reason to not, like if, as long as you put an effort, you will get there somehow, some way. Um, so they are with you 100%. Sounds good stuff. Good stuff. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's why we're <laughs> doing this here live on social now so that all of you guys and gals can understand what we at DSDT are trying to do. We've been doing this now yeah. for the past uh, five years in technology specifically. And at the end of the day, it's not even about us. It's about you guys. It's about connecting you with real world opportunities. And like Jose is saying, he, I mean, it's not like he's the first person to ever experience this, and he's definitely not going to be the last. So I don't even know what you're doing right now. If you're sitting there and you're seeing us on your Facebook, Instagram, Indeed, wherever it might be, you should definitely pick up the phone and give us a call because I have a number of admissions representatives that can help you through whatever the funding source has to be. Uh, in a lot of cases, there may be even scholarships that could be afforded you. You should definitely give us a call so that we could possibly help you figure out what's that next step in your career that we might be able to help you get to. You know, we have employer partners that work with us. Um, as Jose was just saying, we work with the DOD, uh, a lot of funding opportunities. So, you know, give us a call and let us see how we might be of service to you. All right. Well, good stuff, gentlemen. Good stuff, Orlando. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You, I really appreciate it. Carlos, Thank you. always a pleasure. Josh, 
better. Yes. Hey, hey, listen, I'm telling you, I love this. I see this bigger is- things ahead. Uh, at the end of the day, y'all might want to kind of kind of bring me on channel too. <laughs> I could be I could be your man in the street. Hey, this guy has another question. I think we better we better ask this. He says, answer right. this. He says, last question. Uh, I think <laughs> this seems like such a great choice. What would you tell other vets? And have you thought about telling other vets about the program? Wow. And I that think that would be suited for you, Carlos. Um, I think that might have been the question for uh, Jose. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, answer to the best of your ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I will say is that so this past week I started having my team to go through our database of previous students and they're charged with doing two things. The first thing is that they are to connect with them to see whether or not they've been placed. And if so, they are to ask them whether or not there's a referral that they would have mm. a referral, right? Um, we, we understand that what we have here is kind of special. You know, we were working in um, an area where a lot of people for all intents and purposes don't believe that they can do it. And so from those that we have helped, and uh, there have literally been thousands now, Uh, We just want to make sure that we can connect with other individuals who might need a little help and uh, more information in order that we would be able to prepare them for that next phase. So uh, if anything, we're connecting with our veteran population and we're one trying to get those referrals to other members, friends, whoever that they would have. And at the same time, there's a number of, and when I say number, I mean specifically two, there's two programs that the VA has uh, just brought online for uh, the veteran communication, the the veteran community that we want to make sure that they all are aware of. And if so, whether or not they might be eligible for one is vet tech, vet tech started on uh, October 1st. And so uh, the vet tech program is one where if you have one day of educational benefits left, there's funding set aside as in $45 million that has been allocated for you as a veteran to Mm. be able to access for training opportunities. And that looks like uh, tuition is paid from the funding as well as you receive a monthly housing allowance. Right. And then the other is VRAP. And so uh, veterans rapid, uh, uh, rapid, I forget the initials for, but at the same time, it's a program that was based on the earlier VRAP, which you guys may know of. And so due to COVID, uh, issues, if you've been affected in some form, fashion, I don't know, maybe you lost a job, right. And maybe you don't have GI benefits. Left. Maybe you were discharged, uh, honorable, less than honorable, uh, general under honorable conditions, right. Um, there are, there's funding set aside now for even you to be able to get training in the technology field, monthly housing allowance, job placement assistance at the end. So, you know, I mean, literally we've had students that have enrolled from, you know, that discharged in 1983, 1983, I think my oldest student as of right now, only thing with that program, you have to be less than, and quote me on this, I believe it's 66. So if you're less than 66 years of age and you meet these certain requirements, then you too could possibly get funding for up to one year, one year. 
right? So you definitely want to check into that. And, you know, again, we have uh, a number of mission representatives. If you guys want to give us a call and we can have them have a conversation with you to kind of figure some of this out and streamline it for you. All right. Wow. Incredible. Bottom line, there is a lot of money out there to support our veterans, hire their education after serving our country. And Josh, I can't, I'd be remiss if I let you go without saying this. What? So many times uh, we're pegged as being the military school. We're not the military school. <laughs> we're not the returning citizen school. We are simply a post-secondary technical institution and we train in technology. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, you know, what your background is, where you're trying to go. It just so happens that we have a number of funding sources. And depending on the demographics you're from, we can help you to access those to get what you need in order to be more successful. All right. So to back that up, there's other financial aid for people who comes from who come from various backgrounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even next week, I think we'll have to hit on that, you know, talk more to the general student population. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good, my friend. Well, in the meantime, for Carlos, I'm Josh. That will do it for the Tech School Podcast brought to you by DSDT. See ya. See ya.